Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to a Rare Drop podcast. Check us out at raredrop.co. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Rakari Austin, and I'm one of the hosts of GCX 2022. That's right. We're already talking about next year. Now, we want you to join us at Rosen Shingle Creek in Orlando, Florida, as we come together for another unforgettable GCX. Tickets are going fast, and look, we want to see you, so visit gcxevent.com slash tickets to book now. Hey, guys. This is the tall, handsome, athletic, and most importantly, humble, high score tease partner, Freemason Live, here to talk to you about leveling up your merch game. Does your current merch suck? Are you tired of your community yelling at you, begging you for awesome designs on high-quality products? But look no further. Highscore Tees is now accepting partner applications. Join the family of over 100 professional content creators where you can have custom design merch created by the industry's leading designers. We are not kidding around. They are the sh**. But it doesn't stop there. Signing up means you also receive a high-quality platform, support for you and your community, and around-the-clock customer service. It's time to level up your merch game. Sign up today, and maybe one day, you can be as tall, handsome, and humble as me. Episode 61 of Star Wars and Scotch. I'm Kevin, joined by Tim, as always. Hey. And today we are going to be discussing, uh, we're going to be discussing the Lorna D book, how hard it is to get on the Galactic Star Cruiser, um, the fact that the new Thrawn novel apparently retcons the end of Rebels. I'm going to read the whole article and then let Tim go into that because he's got more info on Thrawn than I do. Uh, and there was one other thing. What am I forgetting? Uh, I, I can talk about the Ronin book because I finished it. Okay. Um, We're going to talk about the video game. Ah, the Quantic Dream game. That's what I was. Uh, it leaked uh, last week that uh, Quantic Dream is apparently working on a Star Wars game, which is like boner jams. Um, so, cool, cool. Where do you want to start, Tim? Um, you know oh, what? Fa- the th- what? We can talk about our text message exchange this morning to start. I finished Ronin. Oh, yeah, let's finish talk. It. Okay, sure. Let's talk. Let's start with that. Yeah. Finished, Roni. First of all, uh, we're both drinking delicious King's Coast coffee spiked with uh, Star Wars scotch. So Star enjoy Wars your scotch? morning with Star Wars scotch. And okay, so if you were to start a distillery uh-huh. and you would and you were going, of course, it was going to be Star Wars themed. Yeah. What would you actually name your first batch of Star Wars scotch? Um. So you have a sister. So you have a sister. (laughs) Why is it always inappropriate names we come up with for alcohol? What do you when you when you consume a lot of alcohol? Yeah, but like scotch is like a is a fancy drink. It's like a a, a sip. Never forget that Ben wanted to Ben wants to make a vodka and bourbon pairing that is uh, uh, big dick and wet pussy. Yes, that's what I'm saying. And then you, and right. then the sister joke, and so it's just we're oh, it's just always inappropriate names. Yeah, this would it. be geared towards rednecks, by the way. Oh, <laughs> yeah, because that's the demographic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're going for redneck Scotch drinkers. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So, um, yeah. So I was listening to Aftermath this morning, and I got to the one of the interludes, which. Sometimes the interludes in the aftermath books, I'm like, okay, this is fun and informative. You know, it's something that's not happening. We got um, what's his face in Mandalorian from the inter- interludes, uh, the sheriff. Um, what's his name? The guy I can't remember, played by Timothy Oliphant in season two. That guy. It's like watching him just like try to go for it. Oh, um, you know the name, and you're not saying anything. No, I don't remember his name either. <laughs> I can't. I, it's gonna take me a second. Keep talking. I'll remember. It's on the tip of my tongue, and I'm Googling it to really... Cobb Vanth. Um, 
I like so, that I remembered his name last week, and then this time because you yeah, you no. asked me to, I forgot. Put you on the spot. So uh, we got Cobb Vanth out of the interludes, but this one was Jar Jar being a clown in Theed on Naboo, and apparently he talks about how he's exiled from uh, from Gungan, uh, the Gungan city. And I texted Tim. Do I have my phone? I do have my phone. I'm going to read this verbatim. Uh, Here, I, I'm looking at it right now. Okay. So, so, I text, so he, he sends me a picture and it says, so Jar Jar still alive. I said, I told you this. He dies on Naboo in exile as a clown. <laughs> the perfect ending for an idiot. Kevin says. That's actually sad, Tim. Lol. He brought the emperor to power. He got what he deserved. Yikes. Why? That's I mean, like I it's it's you the perfect really ending. hate him. It's the perfect ending for a clown. Because he's a terrible character. You really hate There's, him. There's like in the entire in the entire story arc for the prequels, Jar Jar's character is nothing but just tomfoolery. Like he's just an idiot. Like there's no way to connect with him because he's just always messing up in everything. Like like he's he 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 can't run on his own. He uh the I can't think of one thing that Jar Jar did right that was great for anyone. He he accidentally tripped and opened up the uh, the bomba thing bomb things that get all of the uh, the uh, droid army soldiers. They still got captured. Yeah, but they would have gotten captured a lot sooner if he didn't accidentally open that thing. They still got captured. He can't take on the whole droid army, Tim. He's a secret Sith. He can't do it in public. Oh, see, okay, and, th- and that's the problem. That's the problem that I absolutely hate with Jar Jar is that people still <laughs> hold on to this goddamn idea that he's some Sith splinter cell that was inserted by by who, God knows who. And, and no, it says in the goddamn book, he goes to Naboo in exile. The Gungans don't want him. They hate him. So what do they turn him into? A fucking gesture to entertain all the little kids in Naboo. And that's how he dies. I'm actually amazed at how angry you get and how easy it is to trigger you. But just by those simple, simple I, words. I hate, I hate the Sith idea that, that it's Jar Jar. What about like, the drunken master one? What drunken? Oh, that he's, oh. He's like, you know, the drunken master style of Kung Fu. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah when you get really drunk and you're really loose. Yeah, yeah so he's, that, he's that's supposedly him. a drunken Jedi. <sighs> No, no, it's be- no, it's because George Lucas was high out of his mind while he was making the prequels, and there we go. A dr- That's how we got Jar Jar. Drunken Fistmaster. This is an old article. Uh, it's from Vice. Uh, where is it? Yoda really comes from a tradition in mythology storytelling. Uh, no. Drunken Fist is a bona fide style of fighting with footwork and strikes developed out of the stumbling gait of a drunken fool, but it was never meant to be a style such as like uh, Shaolin, blah, blah, blah. If we take a look at Jar Jar in the very opening of the film, we see him preparing to somersault into the lake in front of two Jedi. Compare this with a drunken master centering himself in this picture. (laughs) It does look similar. (laughs) Uh, And again, this article is on Vice. Okay, maybe. The somersault in and of itself is spectacular and out of character for a clown who steps in poodoo and gets his tongue caught in contraptions throughout the movies, but no big deal. Jar Jar's amphibian, even toads can look graceful when they leap into scummy ponds. But check out all these tricks. Oh my god. Oh. No. I'm not even going to send this to you. It'll make you no. angry. Uh-uh. It's, uh, it's pretty compelling. It's on Vice I don't know if you why, I don't know why the fans hold on to this. I don't know why they love him so much. Well, your community holds on to it because you, you flip out every time. So it's just fun. Yeah, because point. they're all a bunch of idiots and they start talking about Jar Jar. There, I said it. Look, you, you started the cult. Now you have to see it through. <laughs> it's That's, a community, Kevin. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a cult. Uh, but... um. Yeah, I, I, it, it was, I guess it's not sad because he is making people happy still, but, you know, he's, I don't know. He's still a character Kevin, in Star Wars. Kevin, if, if I was to, to usher in the dawn of the most tyrannical leader known to man. I mean, you might. Let's just say, but let's say that it happened. All right. Let's say I ushered in a galactic emperor. Okay. Who who uh, went planet by planet, destroyed lives, families, entire systems for his own gain. Yeah. How would you treat me? Would you be like, oh, Tim, buddy, come on over for a cookout? Or would you be like, no, be gone? 
You wouldn't have me over for Sunday brunch. I might. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Did you do it on purpose? <laughs> I didn't mean to. It All just right. happened. So shit happens, dude. You know, why am I going to hold that against you? <sighs> I hate you so much. You're just doing it to be difficult. <laughs> anyway, Jar Jar's alive uh, at the end of, of uh, Aftermath, which means he... And they make it sound like he's close to death, too. He's, like, old yeah, and gray. Yeah, he's old. And still playing with fish. But he made the kid laugh, and that's cute. It's cute, Tim. He's dead. He died. <laughs> um, the... Let's talk about... Well, let me, let me touch on Ronin real quick. So, Ronin, uh, if you watch Visions, the book is based on the first episode. The first two chapters of the book are the first episode of Visions. From there it goes... I thought that this existed somewhere within what was the canon universe. I didn't think the story was canon. I thought it existed in the canon universe. It does not. It is a complete offshoot of the Star Wars, like an alternate timeline almost. Yeah, um, a everything if is you will. very uh, based in feudal Japan. Uh, the Empire is actually the Jedi uh, because they serve the Emperor and the the Emperor's sons, who are the princes. Apparently in this world, the emperors died and the princes are all warring for control of the galaxy. Um, but they use phrases like the Outer Rim, but it's all planets we've never heard of, like Genbata and Raizu and Ooh. all these places. Raizu. The Sith are Jedi defectors. They they no longer wanted to serve their masters, so um, they uh, splintered off and they destroyed this one planet, Raizu, which is was a Jedi hub, and they you know massacred all the Jedi. The Sith are... Um, led by a woman who's referred to as the witch and a man oh. who's referred to as the Dark Lord. Mm. Not going to give away any plots, twists on that, because there are some along the way. But our hero, who later in the book you'll find everyone comes to call him Grim, um, is a former Sith who's now kind of like, he's not a bounty hunter because he's not getting paid, but he's kind of going around the galaxy killing Sith. Almost as penance. Um, yeah. The witch can raise the dead. So the dead come back. It's almost like, have you ever seen Legend of the Seeker? No. So in season two of Legend of the Seeker, the people are brought back from the dead. But to keep being alive, they have to kill people. The, the, like the devil in that. His name is the Keeper. He's the Ooh, Keeper like of the Underworld. Kind of. But they have to keep killing people and send them to the Keeper to, keep, to stay alive. Otherwise, they'll be brought back to the Underworld. It's similar to that in that they have to do the bidding of the witch to continue to stay alive. So um, they're not necessarily zombies, but they're definitely undead. Uh, and a lot of references to Japanese culture, for instance, I think I mentioned this last week. The walkers are all um, designed after animals from like the, Zod the Japanese. Uh, is it considered Zodiac calendar or just the Japanese calendar? Um, I think I think that's Chinese, so I don't, I don't know. So then it's it's modeled after Chinese. I'm sorry, that my mistake there. Yeah, Chinese New Year. Yeah, you're right. It's like the year of whatever. There's different yeah. animals and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of the animals they reference are real animals, just kind of slightly changed, but stuff you'd find in Asia and and, and whatnot. Um, the Jedi robes are described as what you you know here you samurai outside their armor, like that type of thing. Um, it's interesting, and there's still aliens that we know and are familiar with. They talk about Twi'leks at one point. They talk about um, Gungans at one point. So there are aliens that we know exist. It's a it's a good book. I will say yeah. this. It starts strong and ends strong. There's a big lull in the beginning, in the middle, that because you're not connected to this version of the Star Wars universe, Yeah, I had trouble staying, staying the course. Sure. But then the last like five chapters, it really just ramps up to a really good finale. So if you're going to sit down and read it, it's as long as any other Star Wars book. I think it was a 12 hour uh, audible book. Um, and I own the hard copy, too, just because of the cover art. Uh, and um, it's worth a read if, if you've got time. But know that in the middle, there is a long period where I think they're trying to world build. I was going to ask if they're doing character building and stuff. Yeah, because they're talking about people's history and you're finding out more oh, about the characters. Oh, that sounds like they're going to do another book then. But there's like one point, Tim, where they're on a ship for three chapters and they're just Ooh. talking. Oh. And but, that's like, like, but that's normal for a Star Wars book. 
The right. problem is, to, to your point, you didn't care enough about the characters at all because you knew this didn't matter to the normal Star Wars timeline. And I also didn't, it, it wasn't It wasn't the normal recognizable phrasing and places and people that I'm used to. You know, even if you go to High Republic and Old Republic, they're constantly talking about things we already know about. Yeah. So you're getting more of, a, of an interest in like, oh, what's going on in this period when we're, you know, yeah. in this part of the galaxy and what's going on with these people in this race. You don't get that as much with this because it's not tied to the, like Tim said, the canon. So it does lag. Um, but overall, you know, I'd give it like a six and a half out of 10, um, very strong start, very strong finish, uh, some, some peaks and valleys in the middle, but there is a, there's a part of it that just kind of drags. That sucks. So aside from that, it was good. I enjoyed it. I highly recommend. It's a very interesting take on star Wars. I hope she writes another book because I'd, I'd be interested who is to the, see, um, who is the author? Emma Miko, I forget her other part of her last name, Star Wars Ronin book. Emma Miko something. Do, do, do. Show me the picture. Emma Miko Candon. Um, she and did a good who, job. Who is the um, narrator who did the audio version? A uh, guy I'd never heard before. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was, it was a new guy. So, um,. And I don't think it would have mattered. Like he was good. He did a good job. I don't. I don't see myself listening to it. I don't think you will. Um, I think you have other stuff you want to. But you know, we have people that listen to the show that read the books in three days. That take yeah, us a they're month crazy. To read, and they're so. like, "Are you done with it yet, Tim?" Like, dude, I haven't even started it yet. Can you talk about thing? Um, <laughs> so for those people, Ronin's a, is is a good read for you. So give it a whirl if you're all caught up on everything. Like Tim and I are still struggling to get through the comics before the first of the year when the new stuff comes out. So, uh, and that's amazingly a time thing because yeah. we're busy. You just need more time, Kevin. We're busy. You should just invent the time machine and just. <laughs> but then we'll be tired because if you think about how time machines work, you Sounds go back exhausting. in time and get more work done. Yeah. But then you're just gonna be tired because you're gonna be pulling a longer day. So, does it really work? What if you like sleep for eight hours, then wake up, and then you turn the time back and then you mm. sleep again ah you just an infinite loop of sleep all right so that is true because you control time so you can do that <laughs> well something i can't control apparently is how how thrawn's gonna mess up the end of rebels yes so, um can we talk about that yeah Please. let me read the let me read the screen rant article and then you can kind of drive this narration because you've read sure. all the thrawn novels i haven't so i'm going to read this article in its entirety because it's going to explain everything ScreenRant.com. the title of the article is star wars retcons rebels series finale and ezra's thrawn ending uh timothy zahn's thrawn ascendancy lesser evil subtly rewrites the dramatic series finale of rebels setting up a spectacular future Oh, no. Rebels dramatic finale has just been subtly rewritten by Timothy Zahn's Star Wars novel. Now, keep in mind, too, Zahn's been doing this for a while, so he's very close to the character. So I kind of trust the journey with him. Um, Thrawn Ascendancy, Lesser Evil. um, uh, Setting up a very different fate for Grand Admiral Thrawn and Jedi Padawan Ezra Bridger. The dramatic Star Wars Rebels season four finale saw Ezra outsmart the Chist Grand Admiral using the Purgles, the a.k.a. the Space Whales, to wreck Thrawn's fleet. The Purgles jumped into hyperspace, taking Thrawn's flagship with them, with Ezra aboard. Lothal mm-hmm. was freed from the Empire, but at a terrible cost to the Rebels. Grand Admiral and Jedi Padawan alike were lost in the depths of the Unknown Regions. The fate of Thrawn and Ezra has remained a mystery, albeit one Lucas film seemingly intends to explore, right? We all thought that, too. Yep. Thrawn appears to have avoided returning from the Unknown Regions for some years, arriving in the Outer Rim shortly before The Mandalorian Season 1. There are hints in Season 2 that Thrawn is the one secretly organizing an Imperial Remnant who are building up their forces in the Outer Rim, which is... Tim, I've said this before. Ex-Jedi Ahsoka Tano is aware of his activities, and she's hunting him down in the hopes of finding out what happened to Ezra. After 30 years, Thrawn is once again key to Star Wars' future. Because of... Because the Chiss Grand Admiral is being set up as the major Imperial threat in the time period of Mandalorian, Ahsoka, and presumably also the Book of Boba Fett, Lucasfilm Publishing has commissioned celebrated author Timothy Zahn, Timothy Zahn, the man who created Grand Admiral Thrawn for the old EU, to tell Thrawn's canon backstory. And in the final book in the series, Thrawn Ascendancy, Lesser Evil, features a major twist that potentially changes everything. 
Grand Admiral Thrawn had previously be been believed to be a Chiss exile, recruited by the Empire and now loyal to their philosophy. In oh, reality, it seems his exile was contrived by Chiss mil military leaders yep. precisely for the purpose of getting him into the Empire. Thrawn's mission was twofold. He was to investigate the newborn Empire, assessing them as a potential ally against yep. the myriad thre uh, threats of the Unknown Regions, and send allies back to the Chiss. He yep. was never loyal to the Empire at all, instead oh. only ever viewing them as a tool to be used to protect the Chiss. That's and in I've fact, he always intended to return to the Unknown Regions in the end. This significantly rewrites the end of Rebels in that it offers a potential explanation for Thrawn's failure no, to return it. immediately no, to the Empire. No, he, it, he may not have intended to travel to the Unknown Regions via Purgil, but in oh. reality, he seems to have stayed with the Empire a lot longer than he intended to. Ezra's Purgle strategy would have left Thrawn in the Unknown Regions once again, and instead of returning to the Empire, presumably, presumably decided to complete his mission by heading back to the Chiss. The Empire would have believed this sh uh, his ship lost in hyperspace, meaning he had the perfect excuse for being missing should he ever seek to return to the galaxy. Ezra's presence, too, becomes rather more significant in light of Zon's uh, latest trilogy. The Unknown Regions is rife with navigation hazards, and it can be best charted by Force Sensitives using a technique technique that just calls skywalking i'm almost done there's like three sentences left rather than uh, remain enemies thrawn and ezra will, uh, could have uh, could well have forged an alliance to survive the unknown regions one that saw ezra then choose to remain with the chiss the interesting question though is why thrawn would then return to the empire several years after return of the jedi it's possible he's not actually planning to go up against the new republic at all but that instead the chiss are facing a threat in the unknown regions that demands new resources if that's the case, future Star Wars could go in a very unexpected direction indeed. Okay. So. Go. That does not retcon the end of Rebels at all. What have I said? What have I said about Thrawn from the beginning? He's always 10 steps ahead. He, he never makes a mistake ever. They've made, they've made it very, very clear in the books that you know that Thrawn is never surprised. Ever. He always has a plan. And and he I I know for a fact he would have not let himself fall into a trap like that. I truly believe that he was ready and prepared to go off because he knew that he needed to get out of there. He needed an excuse because at the end of book three of Thrawn, the Emperor is is not happy. The Emperor is pissed off. He knows he knows that Thrawn is going to betray him. He knows that Thrawn is not loyal to the Emperor. Um, like the Emperor is 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 very very sure that that Thrawn is an enemy not a friend and, and we find out in Ascendancy that yeah Thrawn is used as a tool he's implanted by the like they start off book one making you feel like he is exiled from the Ascendancy because he has to tell that story to the Emperor and we as listeners are hearing that story we aren't really like capturing what's in Thrawn's head when he's saying that um but we kind of get those small inclinations as they are developing the character that he is loyal. The Ascendancy is always first. And then they they reinforce that with the Ascendancy series as, as we get the full picture of Thrawn from beginning to where we find him with the Emperor. And so I really, I still don't believe that, I, I haven't read the book yet. It came out on the 16th. I don't even know if the audio, if the audio version's ready yet because I, I have to listen I have to listen to it just because it's, it's just so good. Um, and so I would, I'm, I'm very, very excited to hear it because book one and two for the Ascendancy series is just phenomenal. Um, but anyways, I don't see that as a retcon. I, I really, really believe that, that Thrawn knew what he was doing. Now, bringing him back into uh, the, the, the Star Wars universe, knowing that he's alive, knowing that he didn't die, we found that out in book or in season two of The Mandalorian. In season one, I still don't understand how, like, how and where those Easter eggs were put. I'm a little lost there. Um, but I, I don't, I, I feel like I, I don't remember what I said word for word, but I, I feel like when, when we found out when they said Thrawn, where is your master? Where is Thrawn? I, I felt like she was going after people who worked under Thrawn to see, to see where, if he had any type of communication with him, I didn't, I don't take that as Thrawn is recruiting Imperial ex Imperial forces to create a new empire. I don't I don't think that's the case. He's somehow involved. I don't it think just, so. I don't learn. think he's involved with the cloning or anything like that. 
I don't know if he's involved with the cloning, but he's somehow involved in what's going on because going uh, on with who? Uh, with Mandalore? No, with, or with uh, the Empire. I think with Empire stuff. I don't think so. He didn't care. He he used the Empire as a tool. He used them to benefit the he used them to benefit the ascendancy, but he had he did that completely under a ruse. The only like, reason I say that is because she says, "Where's your master, Grand Admiral Thrawn?" To the he, the right, right, because that's what that's what he was when she was serving under. I, I I still think she was serving under him while he was the Grand Admiral, while he was still in power. I don't I don't think he's he he comes back as Grand Admiral Thrawn. And and is trying to recruit a new Imperial Navy. That's the whole thing. Again, the ascendancy is first. He is loyal to the ascendancy, not to the Empire. So then why would he go back? If he got if he got a free pass out of out of galactic space and it out into the outer uh, past the outer rim into unknown territory, back to the ascendancy, the, he, he finds he finds a Nav Guild member. He's well known. Everyone in un, in the unknown space knows who Thrawn is, and so he he finds a, uh, a a navigator. He goes back to the ascendancy. He tells him everything that happened, and I think if anything, Kevin, this is where we get into the Grisk. They, they might they might loop start bringing the Grisk into it because now there's no one there's no one to fight. Everybody's everybody's kind of licking their wounds after the battles. This is five years after the fall of the Empire. The, the New Republic is still kind of trying to figure everything out. They don't have a lot of forces in the Outer Rim right now. They're focused on the core territories. And so it's open for, it's open for business. And so we could, we could see the emergence of the Grisk into galactic space. This could be a whole new story arc, and it could be what happens with Ahsoka. Because, it's so, because the, the, the Grisk are talked about so much, and like they're a, they're a scary race. Uh, not even not even a race. They're a collect. They're a collective force. The hegemony. Um, so, the gr- gris. How do you say that word? Hegemony. The. They're kind of. Hege- they're just like a. Hegemony. They're just like. They're they're like um. They're, they're like uh, nomad. They're like nomads. Hegemony. I had to go to Google and have it played. Yeah, the grisk hegemony. I mean, I I hope they're the Yuzong Bong. Well, uh, so so the grisk. The gri- from what you've told me of the Yuzong Vong, they're kind of like the Yuzong Vong. They're they're a they're they're a they're a war race. They're they're but they they enslave others to do their bidding. Um, the Yuzong Vong ins- kind of do that, but the Yuzong Vong have more of a caste system in their society where you know you're either at the top as a ruler, in the middle you know as soldier a, things like that and then at the bottom it's like trade and whatnot that's essentially what they do it is like they treat the they treat the lower tiers of people that they've collected as like the slaves and whatnot to do all the work and then you've got the upper tier and then you've got the the guys at the top at least that's how it's been explained we really haven't like they really have like and unless they, they they unless they really break it down here but yeah and the yuzong vong ships are like they're like sentient. We don't even know. We don't know what the Grisk look like. Right. There's no pictures of them anywhere I've looked. So I don't know. I hope so. So I don't. I, I would say it's not a retcon. I would say it's a reinforcement of the character. Um, it showcases that Thrawn knew what he was doing from the beginning. Um, he knew that he had to get out, and he had to. So he essentially had to fake his death. There was no other way. The emperor. The emperor needed to believe that Thrawn was dead. Um, and, and that's what happens. Reports come back from Lothal. Emperor Thrawn was sucked up into hyperspace by a space whale. Ezra Bridger's dead. You know, like, that's I, that's how I see it happening. And then, you know, the Emperor can't even feel him anymore. And the Emperor never had the... The Emperor couldn't read his mind. Um, and so, like, the Emperor's connection with Thrawn was never as strong like it was with Vader. But that's what he wanted. Like that was the whole idea. Is like Thrawn was the yin to to the Vader. It was the light to the dark. He kind of like balanced them out. They like the Emperor wanted to use both tools. He knew that you know that Vader was the attack dog and and Thrawn was the 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 war mastermind. Interesting. And there's I lo- I love I love the Thrawn theories. I I think that is probably one of my favorite characters in in Star Wars 
right now. Um, he is just uh, he's just a really, really neat character. And and I, I am just so excited knowing that there is a possibility that we will see him in a live action like that is just so cool to me. It's, it was like the same feeling of like when you knew we were going to get Ahsoka and it was just like, man, everything was perfect. Like we knew that Rosario Dawson was going to kill it because we saw um, Boss Logic's like render of what she would look like. And I was like, yeah, that's her. That's that's Ahsoka as an adult. Just so good. I'm, I'm excited for it. Well, we'll see. We, uh, we, uh, Mandalorian, I think it's filming now. So I don't think we're going to see it until like the summer. I think it's going to be a fall one. Yeah, that's probably right. Wasn't that, wasn't season one in the fall? But, yes. Yes, it was. It was right around Halloween. Um, okay. So here's a question though, but how is he going to, how is he going to end up in, in book of Boba? How's that going to work? Well, if it, it book of Boba take like literally picks off immediately following the last season of Mandalorian. I wonder, yeah, but I wonder. I just I'm curious as to how we don't how know if Boba, he's in how Boba. Boba is gonna get involved with uh with with. I wonder if it's just gonna be like a nod. I wonder if it'll just be like a mention. I feel like he's in the Ahsoka show. That would make the most sense because Ahsoka and Thrawn go hand in hand because of Rebels, and that's how everyone knows. I think him. you'll see all of the Rebels characters live action in the Ahsoka show, and I think you'll see Thrawn. Ugh. <laughs> because it doesn't make sense for it makes sense for Ahsoka to be in the Obi-Wan show. It does not make sense for yes. Thrawn to be in the Obi-Wan show. That's no, that's Vader in the it Emperor. Does not. Yeah. Um, and we'll finally see live action Inquisitors. Oh. <sighs> uh. <laughs> uh. Um Yeah, I, I don't I don't think you'll see. I mean, maybe Thrawn makes an appearance in Andor. I don't know. I don't think so. That, he no, loves Kat, that weird that, espionage shit. It's true. <laughs> so who knows? I I don't know. I I I have a feeling Andor is going to have a new like Imperial commander or something as our villain, or it might take one of the Imperial commanders from Rebels for Andor. Hmm. What's the one guy from the Bad Batch? The Admiral, the one that oh. was becoming slightly a dick by the end. Uh, it might be him. Yeah, it could be. Interesting. It'd be fun. Yeah, might be him because he he would fall right into that timeline, and he, they seemed like they were giving him a nice push during Bad Batch. Uh, well, he's just a fun villain. He's got a good villain voice. Yes, that's that's what that's what makes him. Well, it can't be. Uh, what's his face from? Uh, well, actually, it could. It could be the guy from Rogue One because Andor's before Rogue One. Director right. Krennic. It could oh. be Krennic. Do you think they'd bring Krennic? But Krennic was so... Krennic was only focused on the energy... The quote-unquote energy project, which was the Death Star. But so right. I don't, Isn't I don't Andor going to be guy. primarily about them discovering that they have a super weapon... Or they're building a super weapon and then they want to get the plans? I mean, that was Rogue One. So... Because it's it's the second Death Star that's the Bothan spies, so it wouldn't be right. But that, yeah, but all of Rogue One was about them getting the plans for the Death Star. Like, how, why would they make it? I don't think they'll make a show about that. I think it's going to be other like rebel like spies. I think it'll be stuff. other stuff. But don't you think the overarching story would be them like the Empire's? We have to learn more about the super weapon that they're building. Rogue One was like, we have to get the blueprints and destroy it. I I don't think so. Okay. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I just don't feel like that would be fun. I think they're going to find out that through other missions. But they and find stuff. out about that, like in Rebels and stuff, too. I mean, like, and we knew about it in, in, in Clone Wars, and they mention it. In, and I, I would assume they're going to end up mentioning it in. Um, well, in Clone Bad Wars Batch. is the original development of it. Like, that's right, but when like, the project we, the, starts. Right. And so, and then, and then you can go into um, uh, the, the book that is the, the, before Rogue One, um, not Operation Cinder, um, Catalyst. Catalyst does a lot of talking about um, the development of uh, the Death Star and things like that. So that's I don't it, because a lot of the a lot of the 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 leaks came from what's his face from uh, her dad. Like he 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 was he was the reason why the people got the the plans for it. Anyways, like he 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 designed the flaw. That exhaust tube, he put that in there. Mm. Um, that was, he, yeah, the exhaust vent. 
for Luke to fire the torpedo through that was made specifically the width of a torpedo. Yeah, he put that in there. He made that, and it's in an interlude. It's in an interlude in Catalyst when it talks about him leaving a message talking about the vulnerability of the Death Star. It was perfect. But don't forget that Mads Mikkelsen played, uh, what's his name? I forget his name. Jin's dad. Jin's uh, dad and Galen. his brother's going to be Thrawn. His brother's Thrawn. <laughs> so awesome. I'm reading this on the Yuzong Bong uh, Wikipedia on fandom. Uh, I've never read this before. Apparently, uh -huh. Filoni plans to put the Yuzong Vong in the Clone Wars. Oh, really? In the show. But um, the, they were to be featured in X-Files-esque episode in which the Yuzong Vong aboard, aboard the scout ship. Uh, they'd try and abduct, you know, uh, whoever was on there. But it it didn't make it. But at the end of this article, they do talk about that the Yuzong Vong are very similar to the Grisk. And maybe yep. that is what we're getting. Uh, but you want to do Lorna D or uh, game yeah, let's first? Do it. Lorna D. Tim's not done with the book. He's got it's like 20 four, minutes like, left and like I won't four, tell I'm him like the right ending. At the end and I was like, Kevin, just tell me how it ends so we can talk about it fully. You're at a pivotal, pivotal scene, too. That's it's why I don't really want to tell good. you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, well we, I can talk about most of it. How do you feel about Lorna D? Yeah, you. you can I talk about like most of it. I like Lorna's story arc. I really, really like this whole coming from like a like a royal ish family. Um, this idea of where she just never really fit in, and she all she wanted to do was help, and getting tricked because she fell in love. Like it was like this perfect, like this perfect story of just like you think that she's like everything's going well, then she just gets thrown in the mud, and then she ends up. Um, in a in a in a slave camp of all things, it's just like it's a, it's a, this really cool progression of the character, and I can understand why she's just so jaded and angry all the time. She is, uh, she became way more interesting to me, and I mean, we learned a little bit about Pan in this too. Um, well, if you if, if you finish Rising Storm, you know Pan's alive. Yeah, that um, was super. Yeah, well, as soon as I heard her voice, I was like, "Wait a second, he's supposed to be dead." Mark Thompson does his voice so good. All right, Lord. Yeah, whatever uh, modulation they do for his voice is fantastic. Um, uh, Lorna, though, by the by the time I finished the book, I felt very differently about her than I did originally. Um, she has this this much uh, survivor mentality, like all I want to do is stay alive. Um, but every time she's offered a chance to get away from whatever is going on that is making her life worse, she doesn't do it. She gets pulled right back into it. <laughs> yeah, she, you know, it's, it's almost like uh, she's self-inflicting a lot of this. So, yep. She's she's an interesting character. Uh, I'm glad they told her story. It gave uh, really good context to why we're um, following her. Because at first it was just like she's just well, she's just one of the Tempest Runners who gives a shit, right? You know? um, and that's why I was curious going into the book. Like, what are they possibly going to say to me that is is uh, uh, worth it? So. I think that they have big plans for Lorna. I don't think it always is going to involve the Nihil. I actually thought by... Um, I can't say that. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean you can't say it? Because <laughs> there's a scene... That the, the last scene in the, uh, in the, in the book is... I say scene because audible, but... The last part of the book... Um, Why you establishes, just establishes the future of... Uh -huh of where they're going with her character and what they're doing with um the Nihil. So which which kind of like is a is a nice little if anything like a segue into our next part where we want to talk about uh the just the overall future of the High Republic which sounds really exciting. But Could, well, um, well well every book kind of ends or the the ones with the Nihil at least they really end with the Nihil kind of being like broken and messed up and you're like how can they come back from this and they always do yeah um it's interesting to see i'm being very careful how i say this because i want you're you to ridiculous. finish it organically um it's interesting at the end of this because it puts the nihil in a position that you're like okay all right all right okay <laughs> there's more here uh, so every time you think they're going to die and it seems like they, you know, they've really 
I don't want to say stepped away from, but we hear about the um the Drangir. I know the Drangir are mainly in the comics right now, but in the yeah. books they've kind of like taken Which is this... frustrating because they had like book two was all about them. That's still my favorite book. It's such a good Republic. book. Yeah. So um but I know they're doing a lot with the Drangir in the comics, so I don't want to comment too hard on that. Um you know, and like Ty York from Rising Storm has her own comic now on IDW where she goes and hunts monsters because she is like a Jedi monster or not a Jedi. She's a force using monster hunter, which is fun. Um, so the High Republic is really still doing a, a very good job of kind of laying out the story. I also think Lorna D's story is going to be important for phase two in some fashion. Mm. Um, I also enjoyed finding out what was going on on Ryloth. During yeah, all dude, of this. I didn't know that it was so volatile bad there. Oh my god, there's sell, there's there's sex slaves. There's yeah, there's spice mining that's going on. But like, the sex slavery makes sense because when we always see Twi'leks in a position, they're where, always the sexy slaves, right? And it make that makes sense because that apparently you know they're selling them to people. That's why yeah. Jabba has Twi'lek slaves that are sex slaves. So. We learned a little bit more about Ryloth culture. We learned that Ryloth culture hasn't changed much and that they just seem to always be at each other's throats. Yeah, I it was I didn't understand that there was um other territories around that they were all feeding to to Ryloth and the whole idea of like we're in the outer rim as long as we pay our dues, no one's going to ask any questions. And and to your point Kevin, it it was the same way in the original Star Wars as long as like in the outer rim, as long as everyone kept quiet and 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 no one and you just paid your dues everything was fine because Jabba like they like they when uh when Padme when Padme goes to Tatooine and she's like I thought the Republic abolished slavery and she's like not out here in the in the outer rim and that's mm -hmm. probably the thing the huts are paying out so why why bother no one cares and the huts uh I have a feeling um that what are they calling it part two or whatever starts next year for higher like phase two phase two will have more huts in it because they're really laying the groundwork for what the huts are doing right now the huts yeah the huts are a big deal in the high republic um they seem to be at another you know in old republic we learned they were at the height of their power in old republic so i have a mm -hmm. feeling that never wavered through to the high republic yeah and that only recently in the skywalker saga probably because the empire that the huts really have lost a lot of what they they had so right uh, in the comics, we see the Huts teaming up with the Jedi, uh, and then we learn more about the Huts in this book too, mm -hmm. um, and what's going on with them. But then, uh, uh, I have a feeling Phase Two is really going to have a, a Hut presence uh, because of what they're doing. You know, for the, in the comics, we saw the Huts team up with the Jedi for the first time to fight the Drangir. Like that never happens. Yeah, so. we and, and we we did see kind of like visually like how the Hut Syndicate was set up in Clone Wars. Like when we go and visit them, we see them all around like. Like a, like a mafioso family, like they're all sitting around a table and oh, you come in here, like you know, like even some. I think one had like a, like the skinny Italian mustache and he even sounded like the Godfather, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> I'm um, enjoying the different types of huts that we see yes. over over time. You know, Zero was kind of the first hut that we met that a could speak Galactic Basic and b that looked different from a hut. Yeah. Uh, and then oh, and then the, the Star Wars games started showing us different versions of the hut. So it's been fun to see. Yeah, seeing I a like purple the, hut was weird. Well, the, in the in the Old Republic, in the Svotor, the hut is like, like you said, the mafia and they have families. Yeah. So it's like the hut families and you got to talk to the hut families. It's interesting. Speaking of High Republic, uh, literally, Tim and I finished the episode two hours later last <laughs> I'm week. I'm so mad about that. The rumor uh, <laughs> drops that Quantic Dream, which Tim said when he finished playing through the Quantic Dream games, I really hope they make a Star Wars game. <laughs> so I feel like you spoke it into existence. You are welcome. Uh, and Quantic Dream is apparently working on a Star Wars game called Star Wars Eclipse. This comes from Eurogamer.net. And Star mm. Wars Eclipse is based in Tim. High Republic. Oh, oh so we cool, don't have to dude. be chained by all sorts of of things. We just have to slide this into what we are already doing, and it's much easier for them to write a story in a video game uh, while they're managing the stories that are coming out from the novels, the comics, and book because they have main objectives that they want to get across, and then you know it all ties in together. So, if you are planning on playing Star Wars Eclipse, one. If you've never played a Quantic Dream game, go back and play a few so you can get the vibe. Two, yes. 
they're very story driven very very story these are not games oh. are not meant for action they're not meant for you know big I mean, they're action pack there's some action pack in the, no like there's the last action one, detroit become human was was pretty intense no it, it's intense but it's not like you're not trying to get your kd up in yeah, these it's games not, it's not it's not cod so um you know i would prepare that way um they're very similar if you've played Telltale games to Telltale, but I think Quantic Dream does a bit better with action than Telltale did. Um, and uh, I would prepare by getting other High Republic source material if you haven't, because I have a feeling they're going to lean heavy into Easter eggs from the books, the comics, and all the other media, because they don't really have movies and stuff that they can reference. So um, uh, Eclipse should be revealed before the end of... Yes. 2021. You you were muted. What did you say? That muted? You did the effect and it muted on mine. What did you say? Why does it do that? I said 2021 <laughs> with the big, you know, megaphone echo thing. That's so sad. No, wait. That's when it's supposed to release at the end of 2021? Revealed before the end oh, of 2021. Oh, it was going to be released at the end of 2021. Which leaves like, Kevin, one, that's like now. one major gaming event is left for the year to reveal the game at. Uh... What? The Game Awards. Ah, uh, <laughs> I keep on forgetting that's a gaming event. Uh, yes. Oh, no. <laughs> Exclusive reveal. Oh. We're going to have to watch the gaming, the, the Game Awards show? No, you just sit on Twitter and wait for people to start being, like, freaking out. And then you go, you know, because as soon as they reveal it at Game Awards, they drop it on YouTube and Twitter and stuff. So that's what I do. I don't want to watch the Game Awards. Yeah, the I, Game I just, Awards, to me... Uh huh. Sucks. It is like yeah. it is just a circle jerk. Like for instance, as a guy who plays a ton of sports games, you know I love sports games. Yeah. Why the fuck is Hot Wheels one of the five nominated best sports games of 2021? Uh. <laughs> you lost me. <laughs> Yikes. Also, and I, I, again, I don't play Destiny anymore, so I don't have much to go on in this. I love the folks who work at Bungie, but why is Destiny once again in the category for I guess it's community game or something like uh, that? Yeah, no, it's, it's either for like um, uh, ongoing developed game or like, yeah, best community game. Like yeah, I said, it's, it's a gigantic like Fortnite. Fortnite continues to get put in the nominees. Like, I'm so tired of it. Fortnite was still in beta when it won its first Game of the Year award. Yeah. So, and it continues to win awards. Jeff's a very nice guy, but the Game Awards is a circle jerk. I hate most award shows, but this is a circle jerk. But for trailers, I'm all about it. So we will see uh, Game Awards all eyes on you uh, with that. Next week, Tim and I are still recording uh, day after Thanksgiving. We're yes. going to, to focus on the comics. We will be posting on our Twitter, Star Wars Scotch. Which comics we will be covering? It might be one. It might be two. I'm going to go take a look today and and see where we're at for uh, comics. We've read most of the High Republic uh, Marvel regular ones. We're going to start diving in and seeing because there's a few more released since then. So the comics will be the focus next week. Um, are we how many days away are we from Book of Boba? It comes out December 28th, right? 8th. It's a Wednesday. No, it's not right. The 10th. No, it's the 28th or 29th. It's after Christmas. Oh, I keep on wanting it to be the beginning of December. No. So well, we're about five it's weeks at the 28th? out. Yeah, it's at the end of the... Yeah. We're about five weeks out. So um, we... Uh, for, for recording for... We will not be doing... Okay, just so everyone knows. We will not be doing an episode the weekend of Christmas. So there will be no episode on Christmas Eve. The following no. week is Book of Boba, <laughs> so we will be releasing an episode. Keep in mind that episode might drop earlier than normal. The yeah, episode so for the week going into the new year, I'm going to say it again, might drop earlier than normal because we want to cover Boba and we want to do it as quickly as we can and get it out to you because I know many of you are going to want to yeah. chat. So December 29th, the Wednesday. Wednesday. So that episode might drop on Thursday or Friday. Maybe it'll even drop on Wednesday. Tim and I will figure it out and we'll talk. But keep in mind that episode will will be sooner and there is no episode the week before. None. Yeah. Zero. Zilch. No. Nada. Not happening. So essentially for this year, you have one, two, three, 
four more episodes of Star Wars and Scotch left. So you better enjoy them. And then we're done. And then we'll see you guys next year. We'll be back when Mandalorian comes out. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you for Mandalorian. Nah, there's every every week I'm like, what the fuck are we gonna talk about next week? And then oh, yeah, it's like and then it's a whole hour is done and we're good. Yeah. So and I'll be burning <laughs> through aftermath, so we'll talk about that. And Tim's gonna be in the new throne book. We'll talk about that. So we'll uh, yep. we'll keep we'll keep going. I, I once I'm done with aftermath, I'm gonna start the throne series. So good. Tim's you excited have to start to you have it. to start in release order. You can't do it in chronol you can't do it chronologically. Oh, they're out of chronological order? Yeah, so the first three books are when Thrawn is uh, inducted into the Empire. It's his entire, it's his entire entirety of the Empire from um, when he, when they first find him to right before we meet him in Rebels. Okay. That's, that's books one, th- one, two, and three. And then the Ascendancy books is everything before we meet him when he's going to the Emperor. So it's kind of like done in, in Star Wars fashion where... The it's the, the 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 meat of it is first, and then they go back and do a prequel. So it's fun. Though. All right. It's really good. You'll have fun. Well, that's that's a wrap on episode sixty-one of Star Wars and Scotch. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Make sure you go over to kingscoastcoffee.com and get your holiday orders in. You're running out of time. You are running out of time. People and then when love you tweet that at cocoa. Us, be like, Kevin, there's no more cocoa. I'm like, we told you. I've literally been saying for weeks there's cocoa left. There's still cocoa left. Go grab some. I, I just saw an order the other day of twenty cocos. Yes, I just I just ordered six because I'm giving them away as stocking stuffers to to my friends and to like my kids' teacher. And then mm-hmm. people are like, "Isn't that self promotion?" Damn right it is. But when you of have a good product, is. there's nothing wrong with self promoting. Preach, Kevin. Preach it. Oh, I'm on like a self promotion streak right now. I'm just <laughs> I'm just going for it, selling out all across the board. Head over to highscoretees.com. Uh, Black Friday, both Kings Coast and Highscoretees. You're gonna want to check out both websites. Trust me on black friday uh and cyber monday so um head over there check it out tim and i will be back next week you can go check out tim right now well they don't now now is you probably now is over it's over yeah it when was then now uh then would be at at well 9 a.m but fb.gg slash darkest 429 and 9 a.m monday through friday (laughs) and i'm kevin everything i do is on raredrop.co you have a great great weekend tim take them out and may the force be with you Nailed it. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.